Hi, family. It's good to be together. I just have a simple message for you today, and I hope it encourages your heart that the way we're headed is the way that leads to life. Thank you, husband. So we've been going through a series, I'm not, uh, I'm just adding on to what Guile has already been sharing with us, and after me will be others, so I urge you, if you haven't listened to the ones previous, please do, and don't end with me, keep going, Um, is that all right? So our series is on scripture, what is it? How do we interpret it? Why should we study it? That's me. And how do we study it? So um, these are the questions we've been asking and trying to get clarity in. How many of you are, um, are enticed to read the scriptures in a new way based on this series? Alyssa, I see that nod. Okay, I see those hands. Brookie, I love you. Um, so what we're asking today, what I, what I want to encourage you with is why should we study the scriptures? And I think I have a compelling argument. <laughs> we're already here. We already bought in, right? It's a warm call. You're in on him, right? Yes. <laughs> so um, as, as Kyle talked about, we may have a Roman bus syndrome, that he coined that term, right? And that was whenever he read an article where this woman had bought this Roman bus for $30 at a Goodwill. Come to find out, and she has it seatbelted into her car. She has the price tag on its cheek. Come to find out it was a priceless, priceless thing. There's only 10 of them in the whole world. There was no amount that could be put on it, and now it's in a museum. So she had no idea what she had sitting in the car seat next to her. She thought she had a $30 thing she was going to put in her home, but really it was something that far, the value of it was unknown. It was so valuable. And he, he made a case that, uh, do we have a Roman bus syndrome regarding the Bible? Do we have something that has no end to its value that we just have sitting there and we don't know what we have with us? And I, I want to urge us that it, it, what we need is the word of the Lord and it is powerful to give us life. Could we, could we uh, listen to Richard Foster's words? He wrote the book Celebration of Discipline. And in the portion regarding studying the word, which if you haven't read this book, it's going to bless you and help you even in this endeavor. But listen to this. The purpose of the spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of the person. The way of our life, the disciplines the Lord taught us to do, the practices of our faith are for the total transformation of a person. They aimed at replacing old, destructive habits of thought with new, life-giving habits. Nowhere is this purpose more clearly seen than in the discipline of study. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are transformed through the renewing of our mind. In Romans 12, it says, The mind is renewed by applying it to those things that will transform it. Finally, brothers, 
whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's gracious, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything at all praiseworthy, think about these things. He says the discipline of study is the primary vehicle to bring us to think about these things. Therefore, we should rejoice that we are not left to our own devices, but we have been given this means of God's grace for the changing of our inner spirit. Listen to this. Many Christians remain in bondage to fears and anxieties simply because they do not avail themselves to the discipline of study. Killer, right? What does he know about reading the word that we don't know? Could we pray together as we venture in? Oh, Jesus. Jesus, your words are the words of eternal life. Please help us. We have something sitting in our car seat that we don't know the value of. Please help us, Father. Your love is our blood. It's the only life we have. Thank you that you didn't leave us. You were not left to our own devices, but you've given us something more. You didn't just drop us down here saying good luck. You gave us something more, your very words. Would you bless us with a desire and a delight in what you have with us in your word, in your scriptures? We really need you. We need it. We need it. Please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hoodahita, hadahu. All right, why should we study the Bible? Something's forming us. What's forming you? What are you spending the most time doing? That's what's shaping you into who you are. If the scripture isn't what's shaping us, then something destructive is shaping us. When I first came to believe, I was addicted to music. Every moment I had noise going on. There wasn't a moment. My car, my everything was noise. And I began to know and study pop culture, and I knew every rap song, every grunt, every word, every way to hit it. I knew it. I had studied it. I knew all those words, and it was forming me into someone who was angry. Right? When I came to know the Lord, he delivered me and opened my eyes to the deception of the world. And I began to say, if Jesus' words are the ways that lead to life, and I memorized all these things that have no meaning whatsoever, I could memorize the scriptures, and I began to just memorize, seek to memorize books of the Bible by writing them out, by listening to them in the same way that I had memorized all those rap songs and everyone associated with those rappers and who their family members were. I studied it. Have you studied something? You know some things, right? Who directed this movie? Who, what, he played this in another, Right? You study things all the time. We think we don't have enough time to study the scriptures, but it's a lie. We're studying things all the time, but what are they forming in us, right? When I was on that path towards memorizing lots of scriptures, you know what my roommates used to say? They're like, you're starting to sound like the Apostle Paul in how you're talking. It was really awkward. 
But you know what? The other day I was watching a com comedy special and Dane didn't even know. And he's like, hey, are you, have you been watching like comedy shows? I was like, yeah, why? He's like, yeah, you're talking to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> or take this, you know, Jono, our beloved Jono's on paternity leave right now. And, you know, he leads us in prayer on Sunday mornings and sometimes he'll play these like, songs I don't know, and <laughs> I saw God, they're like emo songs or something. No, they're worship songs, they're awesome. But look, the, the day, <laughs> I just had not heard them, so I'm like, oh, I want what I know. Look, on the, on the morning he's not with us, what are the songs we're playing and crying to? His songs, right? He formed us, this, the songs at first I said, no, I can't even do this are the songs of our heart right now. Come on, right? What we're around begins to plant a seed in us and grow something. What do we want to grow in us? I wonder what we're spending our time. That's what we're seeking to grow. Look what the scriptures say. Do not be deceived. God won't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Isn't that wild? He won't be mocked. What we're around will start to form who we are. Can we consider, can we just pause for a moment? What do you want to be like? What do you want to be formed by? What kind of harvest do you want in your life and in your heart? Let's just pause for a moment. You want to read something cool? Look at this in Proverbs. This is about wisdom. It says that Jesus is the very wisdom of God, but it's wisdom speaking. It says, With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold, and what I yield surpasses choice silver. Not only do we have eternal life if we're sowing in the life the words of life, Jesus, if we're near and like him, we're seeking to be near him, we're spending time with him, we're studying the very things he said. But he says, my fruit is even better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. What we put in that leads to destruction, leads to anger, leads to me talking to my husband like I'm a comedian, you know? What, what Jesus has for us surpasses it surpasses whatever we think is good. It's him that's good. And he's even better than the betterest thing. He's better than the best thing. He is the best. He's what we want to be sowing and growing in our lives. Is that okay? You know, when I was on Facebook regularly, you know what was being sown into my life? I don't know why this was what was harvesting. Faithlessness. The more I spent in that context, 
the more faithless I became. When I spend time studying the Bible, even you'll see me just looking at it, what is harvesting me is faith. It's building my faith. That's why I'm reading it while we're worshiping, to build my faith, you know? Facebook wasn't helping me build my faith. It was harvesting something I didn't want. And so now I go on maybe once a week, you know? All right. Thanks. Why should we study the Bible? Only Jesus had the words of life. Look, everything else is going to end. It's going to pass away, but his words will remain forever. Can you imagine? Every single thing is going to end, but his words will never end. Isn't that awesome? We, we have that? That's what we're saying of the bus syndrome. Something that will never end is Cavalier $30 at the Goodwill, right? No. Jesus is true, and he's the only reality. And there's a lot of other things. We've heard a lot of other things, and most of those things are lies, right? They're constructs from other people's opinion that are not real. They're not, re as good as they sound, they're not based on reality. Isn't that wild? All around us are things not based on reality, even though they sound good. There's people's opinions about how we came to be, about how to live now, but only his opinion about things is what's true and real. He's the one who designed us, right? Did anyone else in here do that? We don't even know how we came to be, and we can't get rid of our gray hairs. Listen to this. This is when Jesus said some hard things. He's, he, it was too much for his disciples to bear. It says, from that time, many of his disciples turned back and they no longer followed him. And Jesus turned to the 12 and said, do you want to leave too? And Peter answered him, Lord, whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Right? Where, where other people heard his words and doubted and fell away, Peter said, maybe he said to himself, these are crazy, but at the end of the day, there's no one else who has the words of life, right? We see that over and over again. We sang it in a song, I've proved you over and over. I've met enough people doing enough things in this life all over the world to know Jesus is the truth. And whatever other constructs we're going to delve into, they have an inevitable end, of death and destruction, right? Look what else. Look at this good news for us. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened their home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you see or care that my sister has left me to do to the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Come on, we got preparations. You're here. You're going to want to eat. Let's go. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her.
Mary sat at Jesus' feet wanting to be near him. And isn't that our aim? Isn't that our vision to be near and like Jesus, to be his disciple, to be his student, sitting at his feet saying, what do you have to tell me and teach me? I know how to prepare food, but you're here with me. Let me be at your feet, right? He said, there's a lot of things to do, but only one thing is needed, and it will never be taken from her, right? And my friend Jen, as she gave a message on Mother's Day, she began to explore this further in eternal life, and it, I can't stop thinking about it. She said, even our own children are going to grow up and leave us, even, whatever it is, but what we have in Jesus will never be taken from us. And that's why we can follow the Lord whatever context we're in. People all over the world in great suffering, much more suffering than we have here, they can follow Jesus no matter what it is because what we have in him will never be taken from us. Will never be taken from us. His words are the only words that lead to eternal life. Do we believe that? Look, here's another reason why we should study the Bible. Are you in? We could be deceived. If we don't know the words of life, if we don't know what reality is, Jesus, we can be deceived. And the scriptures talk about it so frequently. Hey, stay alert. Hey, be aware. This is what is going to happen. If you don't, you will be deceived right? All around us is noise telling us about unrealities, opinions that have no bearing to our life in Christ, you know? They're, they're coming to nothing. They're arguments based off nothing. Only he is the way. He's the design. We say in the collective for the last 10 years, you heard a lot of things today and most of those things were lies. Do we really walk around aware and thinking that that's the case? The majority of the things we're hearing are lies all around us. You know? We have to wash ourselves in what's true or we're going to be deceived. We're going to start thinking we're comedians after we watch one special. Right? We're going to start thinking something that's not true and believing it, even worshiping it, and saying, I didn't think of this. It feels right. Now I'll worship it, even though it's untrue. Isn't that a danger? We'll start to think just like everyone else, assimilate to all those around. The news is what tells me what's true. This article tells me what's true. But only Jesus tells us what's true. Uh, okay, check this out. You want to read some cool uh, passages? It's going to help us. It encourages us because it's where we find ourselves right now. And we can take peace that the scriptures help us. And he's given it to us. Look at this. 2 Timothy 3. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, 
disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. This is what Paul is telling Timothy is going to happen, right? Then he says this to him. You, however, you know all about my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But listen, as for you, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Here we go. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Saying all these terrible things, things we ourselves find ourselves in all around us, right? That list, he could write it to us right now, right? You see those things? You see these things? It's all around us right? He's saying, look, the scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed from God. It's inspired by God. It's his breath upon the writer and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training up in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, right? Gile said last week, what is our very aim? That we, the church, could equip the people of God to know what's true so that we won't be tossed around and quickly deceived by every wind of teaching out there. We could, do the, we could be equipped and do the work the Lord has prepared for us to do, right? And not be tricked and trapped every time something new is on the scene, aren't The Lord is steadfast and true. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. The words of life are unchanging. We can depend on them. They're a rock to us, we sang this morning. You're a rock. They're able to make us wise. You think the system of this world can make us wise? They don't know one thing about anything. They don't know one thing. You know who knows what's true? The people of God. Do we know what's true? If we study the scriptures, we can know, right? We can know of his love that surpasses knowledge. We can know real love and how to do the work until he comes. He's coming back for us. We can have hope. You know, one 
this kept happening that Paul is trying to tell them some things and it's helpful for us to know that these writings were long ago. The same thing still happens. He says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Look, see to it, be aware that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ, right? Even the things on the surface, it's not all there is. We know that full well, right? Even if we die, we'll live forever. Even the basic principles of this world aren't always adding up for the truth. Isn't that wild? We've got to know the scriptures or we're going to be deceived to think the things all around us is all there is. And it's not true. One way to know if we're being deceived is to know who the authority is in our life. Who's able to tell us what's true? Is it ourselves? Is it the people around us? Who do we go through to find aid for our fears and anxiety? What, what do we go to next to say, you'll help me, you'll relieve these fears? That's the authority of our lives. Is Jesus the authority of our life or is some other source, even our own selves, the authority of truth? Can we pause again? Say, Lord, what is the authority of my life? Jesus, we don't want to be deceived. You paid so much for us. Please help us to remain in you. You said if we remain in you, you'll remain in us and we'll produce fruit. But if we don't remain with you, nothing. There'll be nothing. With you are riches and you, what you yield surpasses choice silver. Please help us, Lord, that you're the voice we're looking to. You're the authority of our lives. Please help us. Do you want some good news? He removed all the barriers. This is why we should study the scriptures. He's removed the barriers, right? We think... Some religiosity or something could say, uh, oh, I didn't read my Bible today. I'm not a good Christian, right? His words are our very life. They're our food. Would we say, you know, if I didn't eat till like 2 p.m., these are some of the things that would begin to happen to me, and everyone around me knows that. I will begin to despair, I will begin to have a headache. I will become opposite me. Literally opposite me, right? <laughs> I'll be like drooping down. My smile will fade. I'll be, I'll be quick to cry. I'll be discouraged. I'll have discouraging thoughts, you know? I will be foggy in my head and begin to be confused, you know? Those are the big, that's only two o'clock what's about to happen to me, you know? 
That's only what's happening after missing one meal, right? Would I then say to myself, you're such a bad person, you didn't eat lunch. You're a terrible, terrible person because you didn't eat lunch, right? No, I would quickly go and get some food and almost immediately I would be revived, right? Why is our view not like this regarding the scriptures? Even the barrier of guilt has been removed for us. When we're wrong, we promptly admit it, right? And he forgives us all our sins. But is his words our food if we become confused, foggy, angry, discouraged? What is the next thing we know to do? Eat, right? We can feed off his very life and words. They are life to us. They resurrect our mind back to reality, you know? They can't, even the world system knows this. They call it hangry, right? Like, are the snicker bars now just hangry bars? <laughs> they don't even say snickers. They just say, you need this if you're hungry, you know? You, you need his words if you're hungry. Just go quickly to them. Look at this today. Here's another barrier that's been removed. In Deuteronomy it says, look, what I'm commanding you today, it's not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you ask, who will ascend to heaven and get it and proclaim it to us so that we can obey it? Who's going to go to a mountain and bring it back so that we can know what God's words are? And it's not beyond the sea, so that we have to ask, who's going to cross this sea and get it and proclaim it to us so that we can obey it? He says, no. The word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so that you can proclaim it. You can obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. It's the same things. His words lead us to life. Everything else will lead us astray. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. But if your hearts turn away and you're not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long. 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you, life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children can live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years on the lands he swore to your fathers. He is our life. There's no life apart from him. It's a deception. He is our life. We have his words with us. You want to see something cool? <gasps> Look at what Peter says. Peter was his disciple with him, right? This is what he said, says about these scriptures. Look, we didn't follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we ourselves were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
These aren't some cool ideas written down. They're real-life power that real people experience. The people that have gone before us who suffered great things, they're saying, this is the real deal. This isn't some cute stories that we conducted. Otherwise, I would have made myself look better, Peter's probably saying. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But we were eyewitnesses. These are the accounts we're reading about people's life with God, the people of God, their stories, how the church came to be, how we conduct ourselves in the church. What are we going to do when hardships come? It's all there for us. It's a piece to us. Here's some other good news. This is what Peter says. You know, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Listen to this. This has got to be one of the best passages. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Look, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. (laughs) Have you guys felt that way? Sometimes you read the Bible and it feels hard to understand. Have you felt that way? Peter thinks that too. (laughs) Peter, who was with Jesus, thinks that some of Paul's writings are hard to understand and acknowledges that. Do you feel peaceful knowing that? (laughs) But look, ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures and it leads to their own destruction. Can you go back one? Oh, thanks. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Right? We know some of these things are hard to understand. Paul, Peter is acknowledging that. And he's saying, but still don't distort them and be alert that we can grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and he is the one with all the glory. Isn't that cool? If you read something in the scriptures, you're seeking to study them. You're taking the, the formula and the method that Guile taught us and you're doing that and you feel stuck, write it down and ask for help. Go to the Bible project, like Guile recommended, and say, what is this book even about? Because it's really confusing to me. You know? You don't have to stay stuck, and you can be at peace that even Peter said, some of these things are hard to understand, and in light of that could be distorted, but stay alert. You don't have to be confused. Is that peace for you? Is that encouragement? I hope so. It encourages me that Peter says that. Look at this. We can, we can really be at peace as we live here. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, people who went before us, who lived a life of faith, even if they didn't see Jesus, but we, we know what's happened. They didn't even know. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's throw off any authority that's not Jesus. Let's throw off wasting time thinking our lives are cheap and just sitting in sadness and uh, sitting in weariness when Jesus has the words of life for us. 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the pioneer and perfecter. He's the beginning and the end. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you grow weary and lose heart, what do you do? Do you turn on the TV so you don't have to think? I do that. Do you scroll through your phone but not respond to anyone? I do that. What does it say to do so that we won't grow weary and lose heart? Consider Jesus. Know his words. Consider him. Read his words. They are what will help us not grow weary and lose heart. When I read Facebook, without fail, don't know why, I grow weary and lose heart. When I read the scriptures, I consider Jesus, and I'm relieved of that. I don't know why, but that's what he's saying. The Lord has a blessing from us. His life is what we're after. We want to be near and like him. We want to sit at his feet. He's telling us how to live. It's right here in a seatbelt next to us in the car, $30 or less at Goodwill right? We have his words. They're the ones that lead to life. If we want real help, he'll, he has it for us. We want to know how to live. No one else knows but him. Can I give you a further example of what I'm talking about really quickly is our friend Beulah. If, if you don't know Beulah, she's um, our beloved friend. She's dealing with cancer right now. Actually, she just had a surgery to, elite, to destroy all her cancer. So she's cancer-free right now, probably. Praise the Lord. Our sister has gone through suffering upon suffering, surgery upon surgery, surgery upon surgery that led to a diagnosis of cancer. She, she told me yesterday, she's like, you know, I was putting my hope in all the things I could do. Like, I never ate gluten. I never ate sugar. You know, I took all these supplements, and still this happened to me. She said, you know what? I checked my, I had these tests done, as they said, and they said, if you do that, then you'll catch it early. And still it wasn't enough. She couldn't rely on anything of good wisdom, you know? She says, right now, I can only rely on the Lord and his word. It's the only thing I have. Everything else has failed me of what I could have trusted. Everything else has failed me. Do you want to feel encouraged? Here's her words to us. We're on? Good. All right, so when you're as young and as inexperienced as I am, you have this illusion of control of your life is really larger than reality and so going through this recent page of what is an extended healing journey for me has been uh, sweetly sobering because 
one, it has allowed me to see how much I'm not in control of, right? But even more importantly, it has also beautifully surfaced the nearness of God. God is near to the broken. He's near to the poor. He's near to the sick, all of which I am, right? And so what I'm finding is this awareness is becoming a craving in me where I'm just like, I just want the word of God. I find myself trying to tune into a few other things, but I'm just like, I just want the word of God. And so when I'm taking a shower, when I'm getting ready, I have a little just Bluetooth $10 device, but I play the word through it. And I just let it play over me. It's not any deep gymnastics per se, because half the time, I probably cannot even tell you all what I just heard. I'm, I'm tuning into it, I'm listening to it, but there's no conscious memorization, so to speak. The beautiful thing about letting the word or, or centering Christ, right? That's what we do when, when we let the word just enter into us. We're centering Christ. Um, I feel like this centering Christ goes into me as words that I'm not even fully in control of what is happening with it but it comes out as life and the best way i can explain that is when you think about a seed when we put a seed into the ground you don't go back every few days to break the ground remove the seed and split it in two and then go back and you know just to to make it convert into new life that happens uh, spontaneously the seed in itself has a kind of life that allows it when in the soil of our of our heart to, to become new life. So for me, I'm finding that what that new life looks like is unfortunately, it's not a memory verse. Like I cannot necessarily come to tell you that now I know more scripture that I can recite than I did. But there's a knowing, like a knowing of God. It comes back as strength. It comes back as courage. It comes back as faith. It comes back as favor. And I think the best thing I can say to myself or the best rationale I have when I look at this, these manifestations, I'm like, that's the word. The word is becoming life. And to really sum it up, I remember this conversation with Christina and she said something that I thought was really, really humble but profound. She said, I feel like I'm focusing so much on the pain that I'm, gonna, I'm leaving good things at the table. And later on that day, I was thinking to myself, I said, what would it look like to focus so much on the good things that I leave pain at the table? Letting the word of God just pour over my heart and centering Christ that way, I think is a kind of focus on the good things. You see so much of God and his work, you leave pain at the table, really. Um, so yeah, that's it here. Awesome woman. Lord bless her as she continues to heal. You know, what she was saying is what we're talking about. Something's forming us. She's saying as she's depositing scripture, she's just listening to it while she's in the shower. She's not even able to... You know what I mean? Just listening to it, it's producing a harvest in her. Only Jesus has the words of life. 
You can be deceived if we don't know what's true. Jesus is the only thing that's true. The barriers have been removed for us knowing him and studying his word. Okay? As we go from here, could we just ask the Lord to give us a desire and a delight for his word? You know, Beulah said to me yesterday, she said, when I, um, uh, she said, it wasn't always like this for me. She said, the word was very dry for me. She's like, I would listen to music and I would listen to sermons, but the word was dry. And so I said this prayer, Lord, would you give me a desire and a delight for your word? And then now here in her time of suffering, he is, you know? So could we just say this prayer, Lord, could you, would you give us a desire and a delight for your word? Only you have the words of life. Please help us not to be deceived and fall into slavery. Please deliver us. Fill us with joy in the words you have for us. They are life to us as bread. And could we read more scripture this week than last? You know, just like a training. If last week you didn't read any, could you read one sentence this week? Which could, you could listen to it while you're in the shower, right? Just something more than the week before. We got to train ourselves in what's good. If we only are eating Cheetos and crap, and that's all I want is Dr. Peppers, you know? But when I start eating a little bit of good food, I actually kind of want it. And then I leave it out and I, you know? If you do, would you tell me? Tell us what you're reading. Tell us what happened this week different from last week, right? Just what passage you read that you didn't read last week. Is that all right? We're on a journey together to have the word and know how to study it. So next week we're continuing in this series but I love you and bless you that we're going to know the truth and the truth sets us free. Amen? Bless you. Love you. Have you ever noticed with Anna, it's like when you just say, you're like, oh, okay. That's how I feel. Thank you for exhorting us. Um, Hey, do something nice for your uh, receptionists if you're going to your appointments this week. Sound good? And, and I'm just going to end. Yeah, okay, that was, I'm slow with nonverbal signals. Roger's giving me nonverbals that look like this. We're praying for, we've got like 150 kids, 30 or 40 which we, that aren't part of our church. We just invited that we don't know what their life situations is. So let's pray for them real quick. Father, thank you. <laughs> As we always say, there is no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior word of God. That there are people in this room today. There are people on staff at this church today that came to the knowledge of Jesus through VBS. And so, Lord, we ask you to do your, your best and most powerful work we ask your protection over every child, every worker, and that the power of the Holy Spirit come to say, let there be light in our hearts to show the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.